Hello, everybody, and welcome to the NFL Down Under podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Torpy, and as always, I'm joined by the man, the only man, this could be dangerous suits, you are the only guy I played football with in my career who didn't tie tape around his footy boots to keep his laces done up, it's actually to keep the, the boots together, and one time they fell apart completely in the middle of a tackle, so you had to go off the ground, so... There you go, another fun fact of Zoods for, for everyone. Welcome, right. welcome Zoods, how are you going? Thank you very much. Um, it's always nice to start the uh, the podcast with an incorrect fact. So not, not a fact, just a myth. Um, yeah. For the viewers out there, viewers, listeners, just want to point out, my boots did disintegrate mid-game, but because I am stoic and, I don't know, I don't want to say brilliant, you can say that torpy if you want, um, I actually played the entire game with the bottom half of my boot missing, so running around in a sock but a leather top just to an hour after those precision passes. So that is the correct insight into the story, um, but good try. I'm not sure if that's the way I remember it, Suits, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, anyway, I guess the other benefit for you in, in lockdown 2.0 is that you, know, you really have not to care whether hair salons are open or not. Um, yeah. Hasn't been an issue. Another cheap shot there. But uh, no, how's, lockdown, how's lockdown 2.0 treating you? I must say, lockdown 2.0 is terrible. Um, I am based here in Melbourne, and it's it sucks. Like, I don't know how to put it. Like, for all those people out there who are going through the same thing and all the rest of it, I know there are a lot of people in a worse situation than I am. I just hate... Hate and hate is a strong word. I've severely dislike being locked into my 5k radius. Like you can't go outside uh, for more than an hour. You definitely can't go play golf. All that kind of stuff. There's no socialising. Mm. Um, I worked out the other week that it had been seven weeks, nearly eight weeks, since I'd had a face-to-face conversation with anybody other than my wife. So yeah, yeah, it's hard to get me a little. Started to get me a little down, but I think it's it's worth it for the long run. We need to do it. I'm very much on board that train. Um, but yeah, how about for you out in the out in the country? Yeah, well, um, living near Ballarat, Zoods, so regional Victoria. For those who don't know, um, we are obviously in a far luckier position to to Melbourne. Um, and I'm fortunate that I'm, I work in uh, agriculture, so our industry has been less affected than others. Um, but shit, I miss going to the pub and uh, uh, socialising with uh, friends and drinking out of a pot glass. That'd be nice. But um, yeah, it's uh, no, it's it's uh, look, I've been very lucky versus others, but um, the repetitive cycle of work and no social outlets is something that's uh, a real a bit of a struggle but look not too bad i we've got, we've got to do the right thing and uh yeah we'll see what happens but anyway i guess there's plenty of coronavirus stuff for people to listen to out there so we don't want to go too much into our own lives about that but our topic today is going to be looking at college football in the in the u.s so a step down from the nfl to the feeding category that we've spoken about college football and will be very linked to coronavirus because it is the debacle of what is happening with the college football 
season for 2020. Um, it's just been an absolute debacle as to who's going to play, who's not, reasons as to why, is it safe, is it not. Um, so we're going to touch on this very interesting and insightful to look into that and also link that to the NCAA, the National Collegiate Athletic Association, and how it has just a total lack of leadership and teeth when it comes to the college football season. So uh, that's going to be our focus of the episode. And uh, Zoods is all jacked up about doing this one because he's been ready to go for a while. And oh, uh, I'm all jacked up on Mountain Dew. <laughs> so, so um, again, educational podcast. So we want to give a bit of a background as to uh, – how we got to where we are. So obviously many people will know that um, COVID-19 has been running rampant in the US and we complain about our own situation and issues in Victoria here. Well, it is in stark contrast compared to what some states in the US are dealing with just due to the them really not having strong lockdown rules or restrictions in some of the areas where they've just got huge, huge outbreaks. And um, and there's been speculation about if there would be able to be a college football season in 2020 for quite a while. And uh, this has all come to a bit of a head uh, in the last few weeks. There was a, a meeting between uh, the commissioners of what we call, or what the US calls the Power Five conferences. They are the SEC, the Southeastern Conference, the ACC Atlantic Coast Conference, Big 12, Big 10, and Pac-12. So they're the five big uh, college football conferences in the US. The commissioners of those Power 5 conferences met on uh, the 9th of August to discuss their options for playing their season in the fall, which was due to start in the next, uh, yeah, like four, four weeks. Um. And the outcome of that meeting, there was much speculation about what was said. Was there a vote, et cetera, et cetera. Basically, in the fallout from that, the Pac-12, which is the basically the Pacific West Coast teams, uh, have, have uh, cancelled their fall season. They've left the option of playing uh, next year, but who knows? And the Big Ten Conference has also withdrawn two very significant conferences uh, saying they will not be playing football in the fall. So the big controversy stemming from that has been that the SEC, the ACC and the Big 12, they're saying, no, nah, we're going to surge ahead. We're going to keep pushing on here. And there is just an absolute debacle as to how that season is going to work. Players going to be safe. Etc. So that gives a bit of a background as to how we've got to where we've got. Um, Zoods, before we go into some further details about things, how have you read this whole situation as to how we've got where we've got? And uh, what are your thoughts as to uh, the current situation we sit in? It's a, it's a really interesting one. Um... And like you can you can break it down in a million different ways, and you can look at all the micro decisions that are happening. But from where we sit here in Australia and looking in, 
it feels like the college football system is merely a reflection of everything else that's happening in the US already. So there is that indecision. There's different states making different decisions. There's different schools making different decisions. Um, it was a, a really interesting thing uh, a few months ago that the US, and I know this is not quite related, but you'll see where I'm going with it. The US said to all their international students, um, you guys need to be studying full-time in class. Um, otherwise, you have to get out of the country. So obviously, a heap of students freaked out because all these big colleges aren't running these in-person classes. So they're suddenly looking for schools that are not following the COVID advice and are running those into those classes so that they can transfer into them and actually stay in college. And that's just a, a sample of how they even just these different colleges are making different decisions. So it's turned this whole college football thing into just an absolute, I'm trying to think of words that are not as crass, but like just, just a mess. It's an absolute mess. And there is no consistency. There is no singular plan. And it's it's going to ruin college football. And your last point, Zudes, about no singular plan. So, so to give people some uh, idea... The NCAA is supposed to oversee basically all college athletics across the US. But, like, um, college football is, as we've said before, is big, big business for these universities. And they have huge TV deals, which we'll touch on uh, later on. But they just have no teeth or power when it comes to controlling these conferences. And, and I think that's what's been really highlighted and there's a lot of criticism as to like how the organisation is run because there's no unity, there's no leadership. You've just got conferences making their own decisions and as you said, Zuz, a complete mess. And, and you know, my God, like I've spent a lot of time in the US, we both have. I don't think there's a place, as many places I would... Um, be more scared to be right now when it comes to COVID-19. Would you agree? Like, oh, it's just absolute minefield. Oh, it, it is a minefield. And with, with regards to the NCAA, part of the reason I think they, they don't have any teeth is because they have lost a lot of respect over the last few years. So we mentioned how they're just a huge business, but the players up until pretty much this year have not received any of it. So they're told that they have to play for free. They're not allowed to receive, like, sponsorships or anything for for the work that they're doing basically because um, they are the ones that are holding up this NCAA so for them not playing it doesn't have a financial impact on them so it's probably an easier decision there as well so the NCAA doesn't have as much power as you might think at the moment because the players don't respect it either yep very true very true um they're pretty quick to be vocal when there's money to be made, but uh, not so vocal in a situation like this. Anyway, well, moving on, um, I think what what is most baffling in all of this, in, in, in if we just focus on the Power Five conferences, in, in we'll just focus on those. There are other independent colleges, there are other smaller conferences that have also cancelled. Um, but conferences that have elected not to play, so Pac-12 and the Big Ten, 
the, the, the key reasons they've said is that they have cited that their medical advisory boards for those conferences have not recommended those schools to play. So they've clearly come to the conclusion that it is unsafe for uh, the college athletes, college football players to play uh, just simply due to the fact that, you know, you've got up to 100 people working together in in uh, locker rooms and trainings and they just said you, it's just going to be unsafe. These other conferences, the ACC, SEC, Big Ten, uh, sorry, Big 12, um, have said that uh, that their medical experts and advisory boards have said that it is safe to play. So, you know, my simple mind says, how is that possible? You've got medical experts that are meant to be at the top of their game in knowing how to handle this stuff, but those experts are in one corner of the country saying unsafe, other corner of the country saying safe. Again, lack of unity in the way they're coming about this. Why on earth? the five conferences can't get together and say, right, this is what our medical experts are saying. Let's discuss this. Let's come up with a unified response. Not happening. Again, showing that total lack of leadership. So just as an interesting side note to that, Zoods, did a little bit of a deeper dive in this, which you might be surprised, deeper dive from me. But, <laughs> but the, the medical schools within the Big 12, ACC, and SCC are ranked significantly lower than those within the Big 10 and the Pac-12. So I'm not saying, and and sorry, this information started source from Forbes magazine, but uh, so I'm not saying their medical experts are less reputable or just uh, lack of knowledge in those other conferences, but... I think it shows that uh, perhaps there's some bigger stories about how those behind, um, how those experts are prioritising uh, issues over another. And and uh, we'll touch on that other issue in a second. Baffling also is the COVID-19 positivity rates in SEC and Big 12 states, so basically the conferences that are pushing ahead are significantly higher than those in the, from the, those states that the conferences are not playing. Doesn't make sense, does it, Zoods? So, well, it does. Just if show, you look, in, well, it does. Yes, if you it look does, into it like, the social fabric of it, let's, be, yep. let's give them yep. a full understanding, a full picture. The ones that are going ahead being like, yeah, let's go for it. It's going to be fun, boys. Um, but it's football. Yeah, pretty much. They are they're receiving different advice for one. Um, football plays a very core part to what they do. Um, they're probably following the I'm trying to think of how to put this in a good way again. I seem to be struggling with that today. Uh, some of the advice is not great. Whereas the yeah, I don't want to dive into it. They're getting different lots of advice. That's all I want to say. I mean, what I'm building towards Zeus is it's it's all about one thing. A bit like you, it's all about one thing. It's 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 the moolah. It's the money. It's all about that money because it's it's fascinating, scary, fascinating. A lot of things as to the revenue that college football generates for their universities, and and it's in common. It's in comprised of 
ticket sales, but it's primarily comprised of these significant TV deals that these conferences uh, have with the likes of ESPN, uh, which is the main main channel that college football is shown on in the States. So um, there's no doubt money is driving a lot of these decisions, money over player safety. And uh, there's some huge moral complexities in that. But I just wanted to give some brief statistics as to uh, some college revenue um, numbers uh, to give you a, give our listeners an appreciation. So let's look at uh, three teams from the Big Ten Conference, ones that have cancelled their season. So you may have heard of these colleges as Ohio State and Michigan. They've got a big rivalry in that conference and Nebraska. So if we look at those three teams, Nebraska have been very vocal in wanting to push ahead to play college football. Guess what, suits? Guess what percentage of their total university revenue comes from college football? I'm gonna, I'm gonna say a lot. I'm gonna say sixty percent. Ooh, close. Seventy. Seventy percent of the college of that university's revenue comes from college football. No doubt, they were vocal when they said that that uh, the conference didn't want to press ahead. Michigan powerhouse, absolute powerhouse. In that in that uh, conference, sixty-two percent of their total revenue comes from college football, and Ohio State, fifty-four percent. So huge, huge. So at the end of the day, it's not the Power Five conference commissioners that are making the call; it's university presidents. If you're a university president that's in a town that relies heavily on college football for its economy. You've got businesses that are heavily reliant on on this to survive, bars, restaurants, and and you've got people that just want football. And aside from all that, your main revenue stream comes from college football. I can understand the driver there behind them saying, well, we want to press ahead. We don't press ahead. Our revenue shortfalls are significant, but... It's liability, Zoom, isn't it? Liability is going to be the key word in all of this, in that if you go and say it's safe to play and there are health issues that stem from this, it's going to be an absolute shit fight. Oh, it's going to be an absolute mess. And, like, you can just see the lawyers sitting there licking their lips at these conferences who are like, yeah, let's go ahead. Because we've seen it already. Whatever, no matter what they come up with, it's not going to work. Uh, so I've been doing a bit of reading around the bubble, and I'm sure people who follow American sports or the NBA, they've heard about the bubble. The NBA has placed all their players playing in the finals at Disneyland in Orlando, and they're playing in a bubble. So nobody's in and out, and they're, that's how they're managing coronavirus. You can't do that in college football. A, there's just way too many teams, way too many players um, these players aren't getting paid millions of dollars. Um, the colleges are. They're not. Um, so then there's the travel, there's the food, there's relationships, there's um, family, there's friends. And I want to be very clear, there's always idiots. There are always idiots. No matter what sport, no matter where you go in the world, there is always one idiot who will go out there, break, break the rules, and he's going to ruin it for everybody else. So these... 
options that are being proposed by these different conferences to keep the season alive, just the madness. It just cannot work. And um, we've seen, how, especially here in Victoria, how easy it is for this virus to spread. So the lawyers are sitting there going, okay, whatever they do, it's not going to work, but they've given it the green light. So clearly, we're going to be able to go in at a later date and do X, Y, and Z. So to get around this, colleges are coming through, and this is what I'm guessing is happening. So I'm, I'm sure there's a source out there. This is just me guessing. But somebody's getting them to sign a waiver saying, I can play in the conference. I think I'm going to be fine. Here's my waiver if I do contract coronavirus. And that's how they're probably getting around it. Whether they hold up in the long term, I doubt it. Um, but what if you don't want to sign that waiver either? What if you're freaking out? And it, it's pretty clear that players are. So people are withdrawing from that college system. They're saying, you know what? I'm not willing to put myself at risk. I'm not going to do it. Um, and of the Pac-5, there has been at least one player from every uh, one of those conferences who has withdrawn because of the coronavirus. Uh, what they're trying to do, I, I think it could cost them more money in the long term. Uh, and then we can go into some of the stuff. And I know this is a point we we're going to bring up later, but I'm going to bring it up now. Um, I forget what the official term is, cardio something, something, something. Um, but there's been a few players... <laughs> Don't you work for university, Zoots? Yeah, but I'm not a lecturer. I'm just a guy who convinces other people to come to uni. I'm the cool, fun guy. I'm not the boring guy who stands up the front. That's right. Wow. Imagine yeah. seeing you at a, uh, or like a promotional event. Just come look at my uni, my big, fun guy. You are, yeah. Well, mate, that's because I, I'm the warning. Like, guys, come to uni or you'll turn out like me. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's, uh, it's my, myocarditis, I think it's called. Okay, it's, myocarditis. Yeah. I knew it was myo because that's obvious. Anyway, but we don't know the full impact of COVID yet. We, and I, There's a lot of people out there who say, oh, I'll get COVID and I'll be fine. You, you may just well be, but it may have long-term effects that we don't know about. And this myocarditis that you're talking about, they, it's impacted a few athletes, not tons, but enough athletes in the US that they're taking note of it. So maybe this is going to be a, a symptom of the coronavirus. And if it's having heart defects, that means you cannot play at the high level. So that's your chance blown. So why would you sign that waiver? It's madness. Yeah, no, hundred percent agree, and um, and it's it's um, you have to remember, I suppose, that we often focus on, you know, the creme de la creme when we look at college athletes, the ones that are going to be drafted. You've also got to think about all those ones that are just playing college football. They're you know unlikely to be drafted, but it's a huge deal for them socially, and and you know, to, to play a high level of. Uh, college football is a great deal to them and they they just want to play and and uh there you can understand i mean um you can understand them just not thinking long term about potential impacts down the road um and they've got all these social pressures in these communities to push ahead but liability is the is the big big issue here and that's what's scaring presidents and reasons that they've pulled out um but it's a 
like God, it's so typical of the US at the moment, though, isn't it? It's just the the man of moral dilemmas that uh, are being faced. I mean, it, it clearly, uh, other conferences are just saying football is too important for us, and you know. If it were really about player safety and safety of athletes, they wouldn't be playing, would they? But they, they are. Those ones are pressing ahead, which is just craziness. But, I mean, when it comes to craziness at the moment, you don't have to go far to see much of it over there. Um, it's pretty scary, but uh, they're, they're, they're charging on. Um, yeah. And, and without getting too... Uh, political as well. I thought it was very interesting looking at regional ideologies and what driver that's having on decisions being made. So if we look back at the 2016 elections, whose head's going to probably expire when I start talking about this stuff, but if you look at the SEC and the Big 12 states, so they're conferences that are pushing ahead, those states overwhelmingly voted for Trump in 2016. Pac-12 states overwhelmingly voted for Clinton. And the ACC and Big Ten are sort of in the middle. So... What are you trying to say here? What are you trying to say? uh, Just just let me finish, Suze. Let me finish. Uh, You're thinking I'm getting myself into trouble, aren't you? No, no, no. You dive dive straight in. I'll throw you a shovel. (laughs) So you just imagine, Suits, if you're a university president, I could imagine you being a university president, um, you're ultimately making decisions on if your team should play college football. So if you think about it and you think about how important college football is to communities and regions and their economies, you, well, you might be immune, but I would say not many presidents are, are are immune from the political and cultural pressures that come uh, in their respective regions. So you're a university president. You say shouldn't play college football, all right? But overwhelmingly the people in your region, uh, in your state, within your town, are saying, hell no, we want to play college football. My business will close if we don't play college football. And then you could imagine if you're that person, that have to make that call, effectively, you can imagine the power these people have. They're effectively almost saying, well, we're enforcing a lockdown if you can't have college football because your bars, your restaurants, your businesses are so heavily reliant on college football will lose so much money. So I can understand the external pressures they have. And um, I'm just trying to have a bit of a tweak in the mentality that is in these regions. And if you look at COVID-19 outbreaks, you look at attitudes to coronavirus, there's a fair division between Republican and Democratic. And I just thought it was a little interesting stat there, Zoods, but feel free to uh, potch up, tear shreds. But, but uh, No, I just don't like... I, I don't like to draw the line between Republican and Democratic in this, this argument. There's, there seems to be a very much a Republicans are all Trump and they're all idiots and Democrats are all liberal and wonderfully intelligent people. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm yeah, not saying you are. This, there, there seems to be that general feeling and that's, that's unfair to both sides. There's idiots everywhere. Um, 
Yeah, I, well, I think your point remains valid, though, that there are so many different pressures on these presidents um, and these the chancellor, the vice chancellors of the colleges and all that kind of stuff. That yeah, their decisions are wide ranging. They're not. It's not just about the players. It's about the community. It's about the stakeholders. Um, it's it's about their college overall and actually being able to fund even the academics of it. So if you're talking about Nebraska and you said 70% of their money is coming from college football, well, what are they spending that money on as well? I'm going to guess that a good whack of it's going into the academic side of things like in the buildings and the programs and the teachers and all that kind of stuff. So it's like it's easy to sit here and say you're mad for running these um, systems. And I just did. I just did that. I know this. I'm a hypocrite. Because at the same time, I understand that it's so much of a decision about the community. Like, stuff, it's a tough job. Yeah. Uh, tough job, all right, tough job. But uh, they're going to be faced with some moral moral dilemmas. And uh, I wouldn't be the, like to be the one that uh, had, uh, you know, people's lives on my hands to make those calls. So I said I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't like to be in that situation. But... It's just just an absolute mess. So um, I think uh, perhaps we'll just turn to the players for a little bit there, Zoods, as well, and their mm. reaction to all of this, because ultimately they're the ones that are uh, most impacted on this. So um, you've touched on like uh, a few of those players that have elected to pull out due to health concerns and each of the Power Five conferences. But um, there are most... Uh, universities that have returned and tried to do some training it's just crazy as soon as they came back and as soon as they started interacting uh, this is the college football teams there have been significant outbreaks in many college football teams so what does that tell you about you know the longevity of how they can operate as a season crazy but there's been some significant um player uh comments you know the likes of trevor lawrence highly touted from Clemson, highly touted to be the number one draft pick this season. No surprise, he's been very vocal saying he wants to play football because, well, for a guy like him, I guess even if they don't play, his stock's not going to dramatically reduce. But the the big thing that many, many players are most concerned about, not so much the virus, but if you're a player that you think's in the running to be picked in the first round of the draft or even the second round and you want to come out and really stamp your authority and prove yourself that I'm worthy of being drafted. Many of those students might have, uh, athletes may not have that opportunity. And we saw going into the last season, Zoots, didn't we, the number one the number one draft pick in, uh, in Burroughs. At the start of the season, he wasn't touted to be number one. He came from not the clouds, but he had that standout runaway season that just instantly rose him up to number one. I mean, I'd be able to have that story this year. So you can understand why players are, you know, they've got their future careers at stake, they would say. And so their decision-making process is heavily weighted towards just thinking about their future prospects, not so much around how safe they are. Yeah, and... It's a very valid point, and I think we're going to have – I've been thinking about this a lot for the AFL as well because all these uh, young athletes who are wanting to showcase their wares, they don't have that opportunity. 
I think the NFL is a little bit different in that they usually have a few years at college. So you get typically you get your four years of eligibility. And in that four years, you can play, you can get taken in the NFL, whatever. But after that, you're done. So what has happened is that they have explored, and I'm not sure of the final decision, adding an extra year. I think they actually have allowed it. Um, adding an extra year of eligibility to these college players so that they've missed out this year, but they can have another crack at it next year. That's going to have a massive on on flow impact. So if that does happen, you're going to get all these senior players who are going to stick around for an extra year. It's going to keep out the junior players and your freshmen coming through for the following season. So it's going to set everything back. So people aren't going to get that same opportunity for the next. It's going to it's going to have a trickle down effect for five ten years at least. The other side of things, and this is just more of a interesting side note is that suddenly you've got all these guys who are playing five seasons and they're going to be smashing college records and all that kind of stuff. So you're going to see all these records break because they've played basically for an extra season if this one gets up and running in any format. So all those records, do they count? Do they not count? Because it's not in the same pegging anymore either. So it'd be really interesting to see what they do. But yeah, for those players who aren't going to get to show their wares, are they going to go back to college for that extra year and try and tough it out? Are they going to try and get go through the draft? Are they going to try and sign as an uh, an unsigned agent? I think what could be kind of exciting is that we're going to get guys coming from the clouds for the next few years who would have had great years uh, in this last year of college. They never got to show it. So they've just been trialling around, doing a practice here, doing a showcase there. And they're going to get picked up and they're going to be guns and they just got overlooked because of everything that's happened. Yeah, well, no, that's probably a fair point. And, and I think generally speaking, the guys that are, have already been touted as higher prospects, they've probably got a lot less to lose out of this. It's the guys that are further down, the unknowns that, um, you know, maybe in their final seasons and, uh, mightn't have that future opportunity they're the ones that are really really concerned so yeah there's a lot of lot of different aspects there that you've you've touched on uh you've um touched on there zood so who 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 knows who knows um what what will come with that i think um you know you've touched on the whole bubble and 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 i know trevor lawrence has come out and said oh we need unity between the players and we need to demand that we can play in a bubble how on earth do you play a college football conference in a bubble? And and let's I think sometimes we forget when we're talking about these players is they are still students. They are people that are attending university. Um, a lot of them mightn't do much university work over there, but they are still classified as student athletes. So inevitably they have to be interacting in some way with university life and we all know that that involves socializing that involves drinking going to bars etc which we'd all think well that's not happening but you look around colleges over there at the moment that have just returned from their summer break and look at good old alabama and they're out partying at clubs they're out you know socializing you know how on earth can you have a college football team on a university, separated completely from the university, and run a whole conference of universities under a bubble. It ain't going to happen. It's not feasible. So it's just 
that whole aspect of it is not going to work. It can work in the pro leagues to some degree. Um, NBA has been pretty successful with it. Major League Baseball's had a few issues, hasn't it, dude? So that uh, that shows where things can go horribly wrong, even in the pros. But that, the idea of having a bubble at the college football level simply just does not work. No, but, it um, doesn't. And yeah. then you got the conferences that are pulled out. Like, then those players don't get to show their wares. So then there's an uneven distribution as well. Um, like... They could try and do what the UFC did and just go get an island and just put them all on the island. <laughs> it's one where, option. Where would they go? Hawaii? Well, yeah, well, just play too many people. We need to go We need to go somewhere smaller. Like one of those islands, I think it was like Tonga and Samoa haven't had any COVID cases. Send them there. <laughs> Wouldn't they love it? Just like uh, five conferences coming in from the US. Just, uh, I don't know. One of the one of the most rampant, uh, well, yeah, highest death rate, isn't it? Yeah. Well, well you, just to show up on your island. You got to be Beautiful. super careful. You put them in quarantine, not for two weeks. Put them in quarantine for a month. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that'd go. Like, there's probably more moral issues there, but uh, yeah, yeah cra- crazy times, crazy times in the in this in the, in college football land. Um, so they're pressing ahead. So. We'll see. There's going to be a lot to play out with that. Whether uh, I think those conferences, like they're going to start on time, but it's who knows what will happen. Like I, I can't see them finishing. How can they possibly start and get through the season without any big issues? Like you could lose half your team to COVID, and then what happens? Like um, debacle, uh, absolute debacle. Um, yeah, we'll see. I think we'll see what we saw at the start of the AFL season, where they might play a game or two, and then it'll just be done. Like they'll be like, "Oh yeah, the logistics just don't work." <laughs> shocking, shocking. Yeah, but yeah, it, it ain't gonna sack up, and and that probably just leads into another uh, point, just to touch on the NFL zoo. So, look at the calendar: twenty fifth of August. So. 11th of September, I believe, is opening night where my Chiefs come out and play <laughs> against the Texans. And, yeah. and NFL through all of this has been pretty quiet. So they're just surging ahead. They're just saying we're going to go ahead and all's well. Um, high risk that their season will go off the rails as well. Um, but they're going to start on time and they'll be doing everything. They're, they've openly said they're studying so many things from the other pro leagues. So we've got the NHL bubble, which has been running quite well in Edmonton and Toronto. Uh, We've got MLB not running so well. Um, And the NBA in Orlando, which has been running quite well. So they've been studying those things very hard, looking at uh, how they can implement their season successfully. But uh, you can't run NFL in a bubble. And... um, they're going to have some significant challenges ahead of them. But scary zoos, isn't it? It's only a few weeks away now. Usually we'd yeah. be pretty excited. I'm excited to see football, but uh, NFL back back, and uh, just watch my Patrick run around. But um, but uh, I, I don't know. The longevity of the season is going to be a big issue. But I think knowing the NFL will be doing everything in their power to keep it running. Agreed. And I, like, I'm not going to dive too much into the NFL because that's not, not what this episode's about. But 
I think they've had 60 players withdraw from the 2020 season as well. So you think about that, that's you know getting close to a full team right there, or it is a full team. So you're just weaning off that quality as well. So I'm not saying that these are like your top-rung guys, but your depth players are suddenly disappearing off your roster because they're like, well, why would I risk getting COVID? Like, it just doesn't seem worth it. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what comes of it. So, Zood's little little, little conspiracy here, but uh, uh, NFL have been pretty quiet throughout the whole college football debacle. Uh, I think Roger Goodell's been looking at that Saturday time slot going, whoa, how good it be? <laughs> no college football this year. Let's... Uh, Let's bring in some Saturday primetime games into the schedule. Uh, renegotiate a few TV deals, get a few extra million in the home office, uh, Kitty, and uh, happy days. What do you reckon? I, I actually don't think this is a bad conspiracy theory uh, for a number of reasons. One, I think if they can do it, it'll allow them con- to condense the season as well, potentially, uh, which means less time out there potentially getting COVID. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think it's a <laughs> like I hadn't thought about it, so well done, Torpy. Cracking idea. Take that Saturday time spot. Obviously, I don't think they're going to keep it long term. But, yeah, why not? Get involved. Mm. No, I would have to think that they were looking at that thinking, wow, how, you know, how can we take advantage of this? Pretty sad is the way to look at it, but I'm no doubt they were looking at that going, wow, if that if those seasons topple over, look at that all that TV time there. You know, college like Saturday's college football day in the US in football season and it's a fun day. But if there's no college games going on, what stops them from having some Saturday primetime options? So anyway, if if these conferences press ahead, probably not gonna work, but no doubt they're still looking at it thinking, well, it could could make something happen there. So, uh, yeah, crazy, crazy, crazy times indeed, Zoots. Um, well, what else have you got to add from on this front, mate? And any, any other <sighs> any other huge insights on your, your end? I'd like to say I have huge insights on my end. I just – it's so messy and it's so messed up. And, yeah, I, just don't, I, don't, I don't know where to go with it. Um, yeah, and I know for our, our listeners out there, that doesn't sound like much, and it sounds like we're just saying a heap of things that you probably already know, but it's just because there's so much information and so much conflicting information out there and so many different ideas, it's hard to know where it's all going to go. Um, and that's probably, that's what it's, it's from a football perspective and for all those people there, they must be freaking out. They must be scared because... This is a livelihood for a lot of them, and a lot of them are banking on having careers in this area. So, yeah, I think I think we just have to wait it out. Um, yeah, and we're going to see college. Well, I don't think we're going to see college football this year. No, I I, I just can't see how it will happen. Uh, it might start, as we say, but how can how can uh, last? I've got no idea. And Zoom's both you and I have been very lucky to attend college football games while we were in North America. And uh, I went to one with you at uh, the Huskies in uh, Washington. 
was interrupted by a pretty vicious storm, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, anyway, we got to watch some college football. But it's um, if I try and describe it to people as to the atmosphere, the carnival, what it means to a town, it's often hard to put into words. But um, it is staggering. And that was a very small college football environment just compared to some of these schools in the south. Well, I also was lucky enough to go to um, uh, Arizona State game in Phoenix that was just madness, like just so much fun, atmosphere, the town, local te- Tempe, the local community, you know, the streets are just humming, the bars are full, restaurants, it's just hard to describe it. You can't imagine it at a university level, but um, yeah, like, uh, you know, if you think about a, a, a movie looking at uh, college and college football and the the students and that around it when you actually go and walk through and tailgate and see it it's just it's actually true it is how it's, it is it's, it's bigger than that i think yeah it really is bigger than what you even see in the movies yeah you know when we walked through that car park in the washington huskies and the tailgating and we wow. had our slab of beer under our under our <laughs> arm and then we went out past the tailgate and we went to where they were sailgating zoo sailgating yeah. we got at that we, we lived the high life we got on a boat and we were drinking cans with some alumni there on their big yacht discussing college football politics. Oh, yeah. They clearly did not know who we were. They were just, we were an oddity, an amusement, I would say. It was um, definitely an amusement. We had no rightful place to be on that boat, but somehow we talked ourselves on there. And yeah, <laughs> I think they, I think when they left, they were like, who were these two Aussies and what the hell were they doing on my boat? But anyway. Good times, but yeah, um, it's going to be tough on those communities and some of these, some of these places. Fifty percent of their revenue stems from just like seven to ten weekends a year of college football. There's bars, there's restaurants that sur- surround these colleges. So tough, tough uh, from an economic standpoint. So yeah, crazy times indeed, dude. So I think that's about wraps up what we're going to discuss discuss on yeah, our podcast. So. Yeah, so yeah, uh, it's been a weird one, I think, because it's very weird. Yeah, it's we're not talking about anything that's getting. We're just talking about what could happen, what might happen, and what will happen. Maybe I don't know. Um, yeah, it's just the world we're living in has turned that particular element of the game just completely on its head. Um, we could see some cool stuff come out of it. We could see some horrible stuff come out of it. All we have to hope for is the safety of the players moving forward. Yep. Uh, very true, Zudes. And uh, let's hope uh, when we next discuss, the po- uh, next have a bit of podcast, that we can talk about some actual football games, which might be happening. Yeah. So, uh, that would be that- a nice change. And I think everyone else is sitting there going, come on, let's go to the football. Let's get to the football. Yep. Absolutely. And, uh, Texans Chiefs, we might preview that game or something like that and I'll renew my love of Patrick Mahomes and you can renew your hatred for my love of the Chiefs <laughs> and how much money they spent on him. But anyway, yeah, we'll I'm, get to that. I have seen the Texans play live and I'm happy to jump on their bandwagon. Uh, <laughs> like they're, They make terrible decisions, but let's just see what they do. I'm, I'm all up for it. Let's, let's dive deeply into this. <laughs> Right, Zoods, look forward to that next time. We'll uh, we'll wrap up the NFL Down Under podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, 
before we go to, if you're listening, please subscribe. We're on uh, Spotify, Apple, and Google Play. So uh, subscribers mean a lot to us. And if you could leave a review, that would also be super, super helpful. So uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. Cheers. Bye.